I begin with a reminder or a memory of the TV show called The Crocodile Hunter, which starred Steve Irwin. Now, if you watched his shows, you would think that for sure he would be fatally bitten by a snake, crushed and killed by a crocodile, or mauled to death by some wild beast. However, to many people, it was a shock and a surprise to learn how he died. Steve Irwin, though facing dangers, made it a point to be extremely alert and guard his body from any surprise attacks by the animals and things he encountered. The one area, however, that he thought would not be so vulnerable actually turned out to be the most vulnerable. It was not his limbs or his head, but his heart that was unprotected. 44-year-old Steve Irwin's heart was pierced by the serrated, poisonous spine of a stingray. Poisons present itself in many different ways, through tangible ways like the story we just heard. But for the sake of the sermon this morning, our lives are confronted with intangible poisons as well. And I don't mean high cholesterol or high sodium or high amounts of caffeine or anything like that. I mean the poisons that affect the ways in which we think. The poisons that affect the ways in which we feel. The poisons that affect the ways in which we dream. Or the ways in which we use our imagination. Poisons that affect areas of the human heart. As we continue to celebrate the month of stewardship, we are invited to explore our hearts and really examine our motives and our priorities, especially when it comes to utilizing and managing all that God has given us. I believe that stewardship is so much so is more so a matter of our hearts. Our checkbooks and our paychecks and our pockets, our talents and our time, these are all things that God has given us. But it's our hearts that determine what we're going to do with the things that God has given us. The proverb this morning, the one that we just read earlier, tells us that above all else, this is the NIV version, above all else, guard your hearts, for everything you do flows from it. Now there's a lot of virtuous teachings packed in this one verse of Scripture. But as we explore this proverb today, I'm interested for now in addressing the part where the writer of wisdom says to guard our hearts. The word guard in Hebrew is pronounced nashtar, which means to keep or to watch over. 
But as I was researching further the meaning in Hebrew, I was interested in knowing that it could also mean to free. Now just think about it. The writer is basically saying that above all else, free your hearts. For everything you do flows from it. This would mean that the writer is concluding that our hearts have the tendencies to be entangled with things that may harm it. Perhaps our hearts are entangled with anxiety about our future as a congregation. Of course, when anyone sees our numbers the way we've been seeing them, it's natural to become anxious and worried about our future here in this location. Perhaps our hearts have been entangled with a sense of hopelessness, not having any openness for a different end in sight. Perhaps our hearts have been entangled with a sense of individualism, where it's more about ourselves rather than the community surrounding us. Perhaps our hearts have been entangled with material desires both as a congregation and as individuals. Perhaps our hearts have been entangled with the past, grieving and pressing towards a future that would somehow mirror a previous time. What's entangling your heart, beloved? Now, in the gospel teaching, Jesus doesn't describe these things as entanglements. Entanglements is a much softer word for Jesus. He goes further, however, and calls them treasures. Whatever it is that entangles our hearts, Jesus is saying that these things are treasures to us. They are valuable to us. They are not things that just somehow entice our hearts. We have consciously made a choice to be entangled with such things. For where our treasures are, there your heart will be also. There is a joke about a man who had passed away and after his body was laid in a casket, he was placed inside a hearse. Like natural, normal. Many people on the side of the road said farewell to this man. He was well known and apparently also very wealthy. Now as they saw him pass through the streets in the hearse, right behind him was another hearse. One gentleman asked another, as they're watching this whole entire thing pass by on their street, the gentleman asked another, all we know is that this man passed away. We knew his wife passed away many years ago, so what is the other hearse for? Now the other man in the conversation answers and he tells him, oh, well, you see, that other hearse there is for his paintings, his gold watches, and several thousand dollars left in his savings account. <laughs> if you haven't heard yet, my friends, nothing came in with us when we got here, and nothing will leave with us when we leave. 
And we know very well the things that we're attached to in this life. But this is not something we learn only as we generally think of our physical death. But this is something we learn as we journey through different stages of life. In the gospel this morning, Jesus encourages us to store up treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Literally speaking, storing up something in heaven is literally impossible. But when we learn to attach ourselves more to God's love, when we learn to attach ourselves more to God's desires for our lives, when we learn to attach ourselves to the Spirit's leading and the Spirit's movement, when we learn to attach our hearts above all else, as the proverb says, to God's own heart. Our hearts then discover a home founded by a hope that is unbreakable and incorruptible. However, my friends, I believe that attaching ourselves to God's heart is a learning process. That's why I said when we learn to attach ourselves and so forth and so on. It's not easy to detach ourselves from the entanglements we truly find ourselves treasuring. And even the discernment process may not be clear at times as to what it means to actually attach ourselves to God. It's unclear at times. It can be very confusing as to what it is to understand the will of God, to attach ourselves to God, especially when things don't seem so clear to us in which directions we can go as individuals or as a congregation. But I believe that the clarity we find is in the last part of our text in Matthew this morning. You cannot serve both God and money. Within any given situation, our hearts are invited to examine whether the things we do are ultimately for a profit or for a genuine service towards God's kingdom. When we consider the ministries here at FPCU Valley, do you find yourselves despising them? Or do you find yourselves joyfully devoted to them? When you give here, do you give with a genuine desire to further the kingdom of God? Or do you give just to pay the bills so that we can get by another month. So friends, as we close this morning, I ask the question, where is your heart? As we congregate with one another as a church, and as we live our lives as individuals, what do you treasure the most? 
What do you find your hearts entangled with this morning? Is your heart entangled with anxiety? Is your heart entangled with the past? Is your heart entangled with material desires? Or is your heart entangled with individual dreams more so than communal aspirations? There are so many poisons that seek to take us away from the things that God desires for us to have. And God desires that we have a heart fully devoted to God's kingdom. Where is your heart today? Amen. Amen.